Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live network and your number one source for daily blues content. I am your host, Josh Hyman, and today it is just me going on a little bit of a quick solo episode covering the Lightning and Stars Game 3 from last night, as well as just some other various news from around the league. A little bit more Petrangelo talk. I'm going to give my a little bit more thoughts on that, um, as well as just just other 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 sports talk in general. I'm excited. I haven't had a solo episode in a bit, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, first things first, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Dallas Stars uh, battled it out last night in game number three of the Stanley Cup Finals. It was 1-1 heading into the game, and the biggest story was that Steven Stamkos took warm-ups and was a, a game-time decision. Um, he ended up playing uh, and, and made a contribution. We'll get into that, but before we before we get too too far into that, let's, let's just go goal by goal. So first period, um, the Lightning did not hesitate. The the man I picked to be the lockdown player of the game, Nikita Kucherov, gets his first goal of the series, unassisted snapshot, just does what he can do best, uh, fires home a nice easy goal to give Tampa a one nothing lead, and then soon after that, Steven Stamkos playing his first NHL game in 211 days scores to make it 2-0 Tampa Bay um, honestly a really good story there uh, really happy to see him him get a goal in his first game back but the the story of the night there was that that was uh, one of his only shifts he he finished the night I want to get this exact because it was pretty shocking when I first looked at it he finished up the night with one goal in 2 minutes and 47 seconds of ice time so um i guess that injury wasn't quite fully healed as they expected he he maybe felt something that wasn't right when he was out there playing so he did not uh play any more than that but look at him go he got his goal it would be really funny if the lightning went on to win the cup and and st- the whole stamkos narrative was yep just came in skated for two minutes got his goal and then uh was out with injury for the rest of the series it got his ring um but yeah tampa looked really really good last night um the, the brief uh time that stamkos was out there just added to their endless waves of, of forward depth made it look um made it look really good uh or not made it not made it look really good made it look even better than it already is just having a guy like Stamkos on what was their quote-unquote fourth line um crazy crazy that that team is so deep and and we saw it last night uh they they've been able to succeed without Stamkos and then adding a guy like that back to the lineup you just go out there and score a pretty nice goal I mean it wasn't the best positioning from Hudobin but other than that it was just an absolute top corner snipe from Stamkos you know no one no one thought that he wasn't valuable to this team but gave everyone a nice uh uh real reminder there that that he was uh that he's here to stay here to play but who knows who knows maybe he's done for the series maybe he'll be back next game maybe he'll be back late in the series I'm not really sure uh I know uh, there was a little bit of speculation like oh yeah they were just planning on using him for a little bit like a minutes restriction like in the NBA but uh the Tampa Bay coach obviously came out and said after we wouldn't do that obviously the plan was for him to to play the whole game and something came up so a little bit of cause for concern there but as we've seen they're they're honestly they've been just fine without Stamkos so uh, 
let's see. It's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of the series goes, um, especially after they go up in a, a 2-1 lead in the series. Maybe a bit of a reason for Stamkos to take some more time to rest. Um, so it was 2-0 at that point. Uh, later on, Jason Dickinson scored to make it 2-1 Dallas. Looked like Dallas had some life there. Um they were, they were, they were hanging around in that first period for sure. They honestly had a majority of the momentum. Tampa struck for two really quick goals, but that's what they do. But then, other than that, it was it was all Dallas. Um, but Vasilevsky played really, really well, especially in the first period. A lot of a lot of uh, heavy pushes from Dallas, and they only managed to sneak one goal in there um, a, a little bit after the halfway point of the period, and uh, and made it two one. But good, good for Tampa to, to withstand that rush. And then the second period, they just came out uh, came out. Guns blazing. They scored. Uh, Victor Hedman scored 54 seconds into the into the period on the power play to make it three one. Uh, Tampa continued to push, continued to to hold momentum. Dallas got a little bit of it back. They started playing pretty decent there uh, towards the the end of the first half of that period. But one little one little mistake and and, and Braden Point uh, strikes for his 11th goal of the postseason to make it now four to one Tampa um, in the second period. And that was tough for Dallas because I think they really got outplayed in the second period. And for them to really give up a, a goal and what was, in my opinion, the uh, the strongest push that they had in that period has got to be really deflating. Um, they, that was really the only time in the period that they really had a lot of uh, momentum and, and possession. And of course, it was the time that they gave up the... The, probably the backbreaking goal, you know, obviously three one is 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 a dangerous lead if you're Tampa. So Dallas wanted to withstand the push and um, kind of survive for the to where they could get momentum back. And then you know they get momentum back, they get a, some bounces going their way. But then Braden Point, you know, does what he what does what he does best and scores a goal. And then if that wasn't enough of a backbreaker, Dallas continues to have a little bit of momentum. It, it dies out, and then right at the end of the period, with a minute and five seconds left, so eighteen minutes fifty five seconds into the period Andre Palat strikes for his 10th goal of the postseason oh my goodness their players score a lot of goals um, and that put Tampa up 5-1 to one. just an absolute backbreaker of a period if you're Dallas they they struggled for sure Tampa had a majority of the momentum but they 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 at least in the beginning of the period they weathered the storm um, and even got a little bit of momentum of their own but wheels fell off the bus there as the second period wore on and that was the end of the end of the road end of the night for Kudobin um he after he gave up his fifth goal although it says their backup goalie only had two two saves do they only have two shots in the third they had wow there was a combined seven shots in the third period okay interesting to note so yeah um the the Dallas Stars pulled Kudobin after that one, uh, replaced him with Jay Gettinger, who oh no he made two even strength saves, three saves in total. So Jay Gettinger was out there for the entire third period, and honestly, it was a rather boring third. It was not too not too dominant either way. Dallas did get themselves a nice goal from Heiskanen early in the third, about seven minutes in, uh, to give them maybe a little bit of hope, but not really. Tampa didn't put on a lot of pressure in the third, but I think they definitely took their foot off the gas. And honestly, as did Dallas, like I said, there was a seven combined shot total of seven. So, um, 
nothing too nothing too crazy there in the third but Tampa's looking really really legit they weathered the storm from Dallas I think Tampa was absolutely the better team in that game but there were stretches where Dallas definitely pushed heavy and there were stretches where Dallas could have um, come back into the game for sure but Tampa stayed strong and 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 not only did they weather the storm but but they uh, they added on on uh, as well they they took that Dallas momentum turned defense into offense and, and got the honestly the backbreaking goal and Dallas's best chance to to push and, to, and, and make the game close in the second and they were unable to um looking at the overall summary of the game shots were not that far apart for a 5-2 game it was 32 24 in favor of tampa face off dallas actually um led the way winning 55 percent power play tampa only had one power play goal on four attempts and dallas was over four so that's another thing there is tampa's striking at even strength um the one power play goal that they got too was really early in the period so you you almost can, could argue that that wasn't even their power play the, the, so much the power play more so just getting out to a hot start in that period but uh five on five tampa's looking really really scary and obviously um special teams they're looking really good too they were four for four on the penalty kill um hits were really close dallas had 59 tampa had 54 tampa led the way with blocks with 12 and 9 uh honestly a pretty big disparity here tampa only had 14 giveaways to dallas has 21 so tampa was a lot more responsible with the puck um and there were some turnovers that led to some good opportunities for tampa so Got to clean that up if you're Dallas. Um, looking at the shot chart, though, Dallas had 16 shots in the first to Tampa's eight. Really, really, really good, uh, I would say, road period because Tampa was technically the road team. But really, really good uh, defensive period for Tampa, even though they did actually score two goals um, early on. They they got outplayed, I think, for a majority of that period and were able to weather the storm. So it's going to be an interesting rest of the series. But before we continue with that, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Bill Bar. You know them. You love them. I know them. I love them. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and a new and improved Bilt Bar is even more delicious. There's 18 amazing amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut varieties, with six brand new flavors. Those include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and all of the original flavors that you know and love as well. Every single bar is covered in 100% chocolate, and they're all soft and easy to chew, which is hard to find in a protein bar. The best part is built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for someone on a diet. For example, let's look at the peanut butter flavor. You know, Those are typically very rich, very heavy flavors, but even that's not that bad for you. It's got 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, which is on the higher side. A lot of them have only 130 uh, Five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs. So you're getting a delicious, delicious protein bar, and it's not it's not even that bad for you. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Use promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com, and we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right. So looking at the rest of the series, um, if you're Tampa, you just gotta you just gotta do what you can to to continue to keep your foot on the gas. Um, I don't think we saw what Dallas is fully capable of um, last night. I don't honestly think we've really seen it consistently throughout the series. Even though they did win game one four to one, I think that was their best game. But I still don't think Tampa really played up to their their highest ability, which means Dallas didn't either. Um, Dallas didn't have to. I think that when these two teams are 
high flying and at their best, which I think they will be after after that game. I think they're both kind of settled into each other. They both know what to expect. Um, I think we're going to see see a little bit more of a competitive uh, hockey down the end. Uh, we've had two two sort of blowouts in the first few games, uh, with with game two being a really close one between Tampa and Dallas. I think we're going to see a lot more games like that down the stretch. Um, if and when Sam Coast comes back, if and when Dallas gets a little more healthy, I know. I mean, everyone's bad dealing with injuries right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the series goes. I, I, I definitely, you know, stand corrected on Dallas. As I've said before, I was uh, a little bit skeptical of them heading into postseason, heading into the conference final, heading into the Stanley Cup final. Um, didn't really give them the, the credit they deserved. And I'm willing to admit that. And I'm willing to say, damn, they've impressed me. Um, but that being said, Tampa is an absolute wagon of a team. Uh, they're, they're the best team in the NHL, but on paper, they probably have been for the past few years and just haven't been able to finish, haven't been able to convert. This is maybe their best chance that they've had. They're up 2-1 in the cup final. Um, you know, it's it's a great position to be in, but if you're Tampa, you know, it's all about closing it out. It's it's harder to, you know, the, the, hard, the deeper you go in the series, um, the harder it is to, to win, obviously. You know, the, the game three, you know, winning game three is a lot harder to win than game two, and then winning the fourth game is a hell of a lot harder than winning any, any other game. So, Tampa's got to prove that they have what it takes um, to win in these situations, um, which which they've struggled with in the past for sure. We've 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 you know made fun of Tampa year in year out for their inability to sort of finish in the clutch when it comes to the postseason. We, we all know what happened last year, so I think they got a lot of demons they're looking to get rid of with this series. Um, if you're Dallas, you just got to continue to sort of play the underdog, surprising people. Um, like I said, I don't think they've reached their full potential. I think Hudobin was a little shaky. Um, not a little shaky. I think he was really shaky last night, and I think he was honestly rather shaky in, in uh, the other game that they lost as well. I don't think he's fully returned to his uh, form that he's been in the rest of the playoffs. So if he can get back there, that would be huge for Dallas. But then again, you know, there's there, there's no reason to – I guess assume he'll get back there just because that would, he's, I guess he'd be regressing to his, his mean right now. But if, if he, you know, continues just to play like an average goalie, they don't, the Dallas, I don't even think the stars need him to be stealing games for them. I do think that they've proven that they're capable of playing well enough defensively and offensively to hang with teams and not rely on goaltenders to steal games. But that being said, they're going to need Kudo and to steal at least one, of these next few games if they want um, if they want a chance to, to win the series and you could argue that he stole game one but it, you know stealing a, stealing a game is, is, is one of those one nothing two one whatever whatever games and, and I think they're bound to come up um, and I think whoever wins that game uh, is potentially going to be in the best best spot to win the series whether it's next game or or whatever, unless Tampa runs away with it. I think that that we haven't really seen that typical Stanley Cup grind it out, uh, one goal game, million hits, not a lot of good scoring opportunities. We're, we're bound to see that eventually, and I think that, that favors um, it might favor Dallas a little bit. So we'll we'll see for sure. Um, moving on from that, getting into a little bit more of uh, Petrangelo talks. Um, we talked about yesterday, Tommy and I talked about the potential good news. And then today, Jeremy Rutherford was talking about the potential of buying Alex Steen out and all that stuff. Um, and he basically, Jeremy Rutherford basically said he doesn't see a Steen buyout coming, which I would tend to agree with. It would be a very, very big cap hit um, just to have him not play. It wouldn't really be worth it. You'd still be paying $2.5 million in, in dead money if you if you get rid of scene plus 
Um, Rutherford says he, 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 he assumed that assumes that Steen is a really, really big part of the desired locker room culture that the blues are going for. And he doesn't think that they'd want to get rid of him just to save a few, a few pennies, um, not a few pennies, but you know, um, he's only got one year left. It wouldn't really be worth picking up an extra year of, of $2.5 million in dead cap when we can just be rid of him after this year, be rid of that big cap space. Looking at it, I know we've talked about Tyler Bozak. He's got a modified no trade clause. But there are teams out. That means there are teams out there that he not not is willing, not can go to. But there are teams out there that he couldn't be traded to without permission. But then there are teams out there that he can just get shipped off to, and he has no say. So it's not like it's the end of the world um, in terms of that. He does have a big cap hit of five million dollars, but I'm sure there's a team out there that could use a gritty center like him. If that is the route that the Blues take, um, it, it's it's definitely going to depend um, on on the Vince Dunn situation for sure. I know the numbers that that's been tossed around with him is $4 million, which is honestly pretty steep. Um, I think if that's a long-term deal, then yeah, that's okay. But if it's a bridge deal, then $4 million is awfully steep for, for his role. And that would make the Petrangelo signing a lot harder to pull off. Um, but I don't think it's as dire as a lot of people might think it is. I still think there's a pretty decent chance that this happens. I think, I don't think it's impossible is, is the way I'll put it. I don't think that, I think that if Doug Armstrong and Alex Petrangelo want to get a deal done, then a deal will get done. I've always held that belief. I've always thought that if there is room to make something happen, then it will happen. But, um, you know, there's obviously a ton of variables. I know right now the biggest issue, it seems to be that the Blues aren't willing to hand out a signing bonus and Petrangelo isn't willing to sign without a signing bonus. Um, but if that's all it is, I cannot imagine that's that's what's going to hold uh, – this deal back from happening. I know the, the, the blues organization dished out the bonus on Ryan O'Reilly. That was the whole biggest thing about why we were able to get him. So uh, I can't imagine that, that holding them back. And, and that would be pretty, pretty unfortunate if, if that came up, that, that was the only reason a deal didn't get done. But I have faith that, that uh, they'll be able to move past that, move through that. We still got some time to, between now and when the deal needs to be completed. Um, and another thing to, to note is if they do sign Petrangelo and they don't have the cap at the moment, they still have plenty of time to make the moves after the contract is agreed to. So don't have to panic just yet. Don't have to say, oh dear, you know, what are we going to do? We haven't made any trades. The deadline's coming up. Something can still happen. I have faith that it will. Um, I, I trust Doug Armstrong with my life. So we'll see. Uh, but for now, we're getting close to the end of today's episode. So we're going to take one more short break and I'll be right back to wrap this one up. All right. All right. It's been a fun one today. Um, so far, looking looking at the broad scope of the league, I know we had the NHL awards, which was fun. Um, and then obviously the Petrangelo news, which is less fun. Uh, looking around the, the Boston Celtics, my team, they went down 3-1 to one last night in their series. A big bummer. Um, tough to see there, but it's been a really entertaining NBA playoffs. I, have, I, I hope that they can battle back in their series. I don't really want to see the Lakers just waltz their way to another championship. Not another championship. I would rather say I don't want to see LeBron waltz his way to another championship um, with the Lakers. That would be a double whammy for me as a Celtics fan. Uh, but yeah, so that's been fun. Football's back. Uh, all those injuries are unfortunate. Uh, specifically the the uh, Tyrod Taylor one. I know we talked about it yesterday, but oh man, what a weird one that was. Um, hockey's back for only the next next few week. Honestly, we're gonna be we're gonna be done by uh, the end of next the end of uh, September. We're gonna be gonna be wrapped up. Game seven would be Wednesday, September thirtieth, if necessary. So, getting down to the wire there in terms of uh, in terms of hockey. It's been a really fun time uh, watching this bubble go down, but. <coughs> I don't think it's anything 
that could ever happen again. Um, it's very unique. It's, 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 it's extremely, uh, rare that the, you know, this scenario like this would arise. Um, obviously potentially would need to do it again next season. Who knows? But, uh, I think with the reports, like with the Wyshynski article that came out the other day and all that sort of thing, um, sounds like the bubble wasn't the, the, the most favorite, uh, experience that hockey players have ever had in their life. Um, but who knows what will happen next year. For now, I'm, you know, tune into the Stanley Cup final. Enjoy that. Uh, we're getting close to the end. It feels like we just started, but soon enough, we're going to have uh, a new, a new Stanley Cup champion crowned. The Blues are going to lose the, lose that title of defending Stanley Cup champions, but it's okay. They will be back next year with a vengeance. I am sure of it, whatever the team may look like. Um, I know Clem Costin got sent down or got uh, designated to play Avonsgard Omsk or something like that, uh, which is good because he'll get some playing time in between now and the start of next season because he, he is still eligible to be called back up at the start of next season. So I definitely look to see him filling a spot on the roster next year, whether it be the forward that we dumped to resent Petrangelo or what have you. Um, Scott Perunovic, another guy that's really exciting that I'm looking to see step into the team next year. Maybe Nico Mikola, uh, Philly Huso. A lot of, a lot of things to be optimistic about if you're a Blues fan. Um, and you kind of put the Petrangelo thing uh, out of sight, out of mind for the time being, because really all we can do is wait, unfortunately. But sooner rather than later, we'll know. And I look forward to sharing that experience and sharing those 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 findings with, with you all on this podcast. So thank you so much for listening today. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LockdownBlues to stay up to date with everything that we are doing with the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Tommy is not here today, but follow him at TWelcher15. Thanks again so much for listening. Hope you're all. Awesome.